Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Coda.io. I'm Samanda Rochefort, supervising video producer at Polygon, and I'm here today with Brianna Wu, executive director of Rebellion Pack, and it's just a, just the two of us. <laughs> That's how that song goes, right, Bri? I think that's it. I've got to be honest. I was looking at the various kinds of iPads, and you have to have a slide rule and a supercomputer to figure out the differences in all of these. And since Christina's (laughs) not here, like it's up to us, and uh, I hope we're up for it. Yes. We have to provide a service for the audience. (laughs) I got so is this just me? Let me know if this is just me, but some days. Like we're studying for the show and things are just so technical. And I just go, I'm going to let Christina handle this one. <laughs> I'm just going to keep up. I'm just going to shut up. I, I have Christina like, I, do it. that experience happens sometimes, but often I'll have a different, the opposite side of that experience where I'll yes. be like, and I'm prepared for this topic and I'm ready to talk about it. And then Christina will start talking about like some deep lore that like involves specific dates and or like hard drive sizes yes or chip makes from 10 years ago and i'm like yes what (laughs) (laughs) we do have a good show for you today though folks we are going to be talking about the ipad and the apple tv 4k we're also going to be talking about today's silent hill event uh (gasps) today i mean wednesday october 19th oh yeah we got can you believe konami making games and they're not pachinko machines this time (laughs) who can say Uh, and then for dessert today we're actually having a vegetable course instead of dessert because we're going to be talking about (laughs) olivia wilde's salad dressing oh yes we are and then I'm really excited about our bonus segment. Should we should we tease the people? I would about love that? for you to tease it for our uh, boosties, uh, our subscribers, uh, y'all. So I'll just tell you a quick story. A couple weeks ago, I'm sitting here in my my office and doing my thing, paying my rent, and my phone just blows up with text just blows up and everyone's like Alex Jones is talking about you in the Alex Jones trial, and I'm like, what? And that story has a little bit to do with the Sandy Hook verdict. So we will tell people about that. Ooh, I am very <laughs> excited for that. Uh, but first, let's get into our hard tech news. Apple has revealed details on the 10th gen iPad as well as the new Apple TV 4K. We'll get to the Apple TV in a minute. Uh, the 10th gen iPad, though, is what we are starting with today. And it uh, itself starts with a whopping price increase off of the last generation of iPad. It's also got a 10.9-inch screen, slightly bigger, an improved camera that's now on the long side of the device. And like the iPad Air, uh, mine, my which is my own, is sitting next to me right now. It's my, my child, my baby. It's got... Um, power button, touch ID, no headphone jack. And in the case of the uh, iPad, uh, temp- or yeah, the new iPad, it's got no home button. So those are some of the technical details about it. But I think what has a lot of people kind of going, huh? is the price. Uh, it starts yeah. at $429. And that's for a, a 64 gigabyte Which storage is not device. enough. Not enough. 64 is not enough in modern times. Uh, just unacceptable. Enough. Nope. And that's what like they've changed with the phones is like saying, okay, we're going to say goodbye to that. 
and give you more storage because everyone is taking photos these days. Everyone is like using their phones for so much. Um, we just, it's just simply not worth it. I don't know if that's the case with the iPad, but what certainly is the case is that it's been competing with like not only other tablets, but Chromebooks as like a, can this sub in for a laptop question mark device for a long time. And this, I think this price plus the, uh, the storage kind of, it, it, it puts it in weird competition with the MacBook air, which is something that Monica Chin wrote about over at the verge. What do you think, Brie? Okay, so we're going to take this one at a time. So we're talking, there were, just to make it clear to people, we're not talking about the iPad Pro, uh, the new iPad Pro that they released. We're, we're starting with the, the iPad 10th generation. And look, this comes in some super cute colors. I don't know if you saw these, but that yellow, ooh, hmm, ooh I've, I've got a thing for yellow. Like, I eventually am going to buy a speed yellow Porsche just because <gasps> I just, I, I, I saw so like, well, I had reestate. My friend Allison told me the yellow is the favorite color of crazy people. And that just kind of huh. clicked with me. And that's, that's like, I love yellow. It stuff. is my favorite iPhone colors. So. Yeah. Yeah. With the, the, I guess Allison was right then. Uh, All right. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the colors are great, right? Yeah. The price increase is weird. The uh so this has a keyboard that goes onto it. It's $249, which let's be honest, that's almost as much as the keyboard uh for the iPad Pro, the the magic keyboard. The mm -hmm. thing that that does is you can use the entire iPad as a as a laptop. Uh you know, it's just clamshell, you open it up, it's strong enough to hold it and you can tilt the angle. It's great. It turns it into a laptop. Have to buy this if you buy the iPad Pro. With this, it's got a surface like flap on the back of it. And I'm very anti-flap. I, I don't like the flap. Anti-flap, anti chop it off. Uh, just a terrible design because you can't like put it in your lap and you know it just makes it some like putting on the edge of you know, something, it's just a mm -hmm. bad design. So you've got that and like, it's using the old lightning pencil and it comes mm -hmm. with this weird adapter that you've got to buy to put on the old lightning gen one Apple pencil for this. So, you know, it's like the colors are gorgeous, Simone, but it just, it makes no sense why you would buy this. Does that, I mean, how do you feel? I yeah, I totally agree. And I'm a big lover of the iPad Air. I have the most uh, recent one of those. And for me, like when I'm going on vacation and stuff, like that's what I use yeah. as my laptop substitute. And if I if I could record podcasts on it, it would absolutely have replaced my um, 20, my <laughs> famous 2015 <laughs> MacBook Pro, my famous 12 inch 2015 MacBook Pro that everyone has heard so much about the day that it dies, we will have a funeral. Um, but literally all I use that device for is podcasting. So when I go on vacation, all I want to take is my freaking iPad. And if I could record podcasts on that, then I would be recording podcasts on vacation. I'm sorry, I'll figure it out. Anyway, <laughs> that's off topic. What is to say is like this, this iPad, like you said, starting price 429 for 64 gigs, which is not enough, plus the keyboard, you're getting to the $700 range, at which point you're coming up against the M1 MacBook Air, which is on sale right now. As everyone is pointing out, it's like $800. That's, that's a much better deal if you are looking for functionality in your device. And I, 
or or you're turning to like the Chromebooks or other more affordable tablets. Um, or maybe you're jumping up to the iPad Air like I did. So yeah, it's it's sitting in a weird place. And with the A14 chip instead of Apple's new silicon or even like the A15, like is in the, I believe, yeah, the A15 is in the new Apple TV 4K, which we're about to talk about. It's not even that. So yeah, it's it's kind of like, it's one of those devices that's like, here's the leftover stuff that we have. Yeah. <laughs> but we're increasing the price as well. So have but fun. It's it's so unfortunate because the colors are so cute. I love the colors. These colors are so freaking cute. Yeah, it's it's exactly like the uh, the uh, the the last iMac that they announced, right? So they come out with the iMac. It's in these beautiful colors, and then they're shipping it with like the tiny non twenty seven inch version. And it's like, look, you, you know me. I'm a famous. Uh, I'm a famous Mac iPhone size queen. I, I like mm-hmm, them big. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. you know, it's like it's 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 you've got you've got something like i'm sorry the colors make me want to buy a new apple product i i'm bored with space gray and aluminum i just i'm not into it well that's why you should look at the air because i've got that like green one and it's beautiful we have green blue i don't remember what the other colors were but they're very pretty or i mean i guess we could well i haven't actually looked at the colors of this new ipad pro this the same it's garbage Garbage. Great. Great. You get the dark aluminum and the and the and the aluminum, right? We don't like it. We're not here for it. Just talking. So Christina did buy this. Uh, she got the uh, she got the eleven inch, uh, and she got the you know whatever the mid mid price like storage was in it, um, and, and that's fine. I was going to follow her on this because my twenty eighteen mm. iPad Pro needs to be replaced at this point. The battery just doesn't hold so much. I mean, I've definitely gotten my use out of it. Um, The problem is, if you really dig into what they've changed on this, like, Simone, it's it's basically a stat refresh. It's the M2 chip. Uh, They did not fix the really big problems in this. One of the biggest problems with the iPad is, uh, if you and I are zooming together, I have to either take my iPad out of the case or in the magic case, rotate it on its side because the camera is uh, stuck over in uh, like portrait position instead mm-hmm. of landscape, which doesn't really make sense with the device that is, uh, you know, it's geared for, um, you know, it's geared for uh, the, the magic keyboard case. Yep. So they didn't fix the biggest problem with it. They didn't add inductive charging, which was a feature I really wanted, you know, the hockey puck you put on the back of your, your iPhone to charge it wirelessly. That mm-hmm. doesn't exist. It doesn't have new colors. Um, it, it, it's basically like the M2. And I just, I, I, I don't think that's worth spending $2,000 when everything's included on it. Does does that make sense? Yeah, it, it's tricky. I would definitely be curious to hear about, I guess, your uh, opinions maybe as an, an artist as well. Because yeah. it, it does seem to me, like if we're looking at this as the pro device, like we are getting a pretty big performance upgrade with the m2 in there um plus like the better display and everything like it is almost it i would say it's comparable to the laptop refresh we saw this year not in terms of saying the ipad pro is the equivalent of the macbook but in terms of a step forward for the device like it's just a simple refresh and i think that's okay honestly 
Um, but I am, but hearing what your pain points were with the previous model, um, I, I understand why it's not for you, but I wonder if somebody who was say maybe a few generations back and looking to upgrade their iPad pro specifically would be like, okay, yeah, we're, we're up here. We've got Apple Silicon in this. We are, we've got like that higher performance. I'm ready to like do my art on this or whatever that heck else (laughs) people use iPad pros for. I mean, so it's, it's got how many is 10th generations. I don't know how many times I'm going to say this on the show when a new iPad comes out. The problem is the pro software. I am really damn good at illustrator. I'm sorry to not be cocky. I mean, to be cocky on the show. I'm really good at illustrator. I know that up, backwards, forwards, gradient meshes, any feature you can do in Illustrator, I can tell you a lot about. And I don't understand why in the year of our Lord 2022, I cannot run freaking Illustrator on an iPad. It is Mm -hmm. crazy to me. It is crazy to me. I finally gave in and bought a $2,000 Cintiq for my studio just because when I do, I I don't want to use graphic. I don't want to use these half tools. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like they're all really well done, but I just want Illustrator because that's why I spent a whole career mastering, right? Yeah. Yeah. That does make sense. And I guess, yeah, if you're doing professional art, a art specific tablet combined with say a computer and a monitor. Yeah. That's probably a better setup than an iPad. Um, So you can have this. So one new thing that the iPad uh, pro second generation has is if it hovers above it, it will kind of give you an indication before you draw a stroke. That's freaking great. I love that. Fantastic. But I need software that can take advantage of that in a meaningful way. And it it just doesn't have yeah. it for the kind of applications it's nuts, I do. I feel like we've been talking about this for uh, years. It's I been know. multi-years that we've been talking about the like Adobe suite on, yeah. on mobile. There's no and reason an iPad can't run ZBrush. There's none of it. If it's got an M2 chip in that, there's no reason it can't run ZBrush. Yeah. I mean, imagine being able to do a ZBrush pass, pass on a, a skeletal mesh or even a static mesh, I right? can't because I'm not an animator. Okay, so but imagine, I'm going to try it for, you, for your sake. Imagine having a piece of clay and yeah. being able to emboss as much detail into that guess like to put flower patterns or make a monster just look all scaly and hideous oh my monster he's so scaly he's covered in texture Bree. you could do that whatever your mind could come up with that would be awesome on ipad i'm putting hair on him there we go there we go amazing so I'm passing on this. Uh, Christina bought one. She can review it with her Christina dollars. But I, I just want credit for this moon. I've been good. Yeah. I bypassed the uh, the the forty ninety. Christina talked me out of buying that. Uh, I passed on the Oculus, uh, the uh, the the Quest Pro. She talked me out of passing on that. And now this week uh, I'm passing on the iPad. So there it is. I am so proud of you. You Thank and I you. have been good this yeah. year. And that that's yeah. not a big deal for me because I'm, I mean, not that I'm always good, but I'm also You're very frugal. Good. But yes. you have been very good. <laughs> I think you've been a good influence on me. You're a, you're a you. steady adult presence. Finally, six years yes. into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk briefly about the new Apple TV 4K before we move on. Um, yeah. I don't have a huge amount to say about this, but it's so new Apple TV 4K, A15 Bionic chip compared to the previous generation of Apple TV, which was still on the A12. That's a pretty big jump. 
Um, support for HDR10+. plus. Whoa, the Siri remote now has USB-C instead of Lightning. <gasps> so she is on par with uh, the new iPad um, and the iPad Air as well. Uh, starts at $129, which is a price drop. And in yeah. stores November 4th. Though so, wow. the Ethernet is a price increase. So. Ah. <laughs> and why would you not want the Ethernet? <laughs> I, it's a mystery to me if you're streaming in 4K. I mean, you want you, you want it fast, in my opinion. So there yeah, it I is. guess I, I I don't have 4K on my Roku, but or sorry, I don't have Ethernet. I should say on my Roku, but I right. guess I don't really pay attention to uh, the what I only it's my Formula One device. <laughs> so is that what you primarily like? What do you subscribe? No, to? I use my yeah. PlayStation. I use a PlayStation Five for streaming. <laughs> Okay, that's legit. <laughs> Terrible So I do interface. have Ethernet on that. Yeah, um, yeah. We are well, wired up, baby. Well, we use Apple TV for literally yeah. everything. Uh, I've got one, two, three, four of them uh, through my house. So, um, wow. you know, and what, what happens when a new one comes out, like I rotate the oldest one and just move it from room to room. Uh, but the one <laughs> on my main TV is really old at this point and it's buggy. I'm definitely going to replace it. Um, I also want to be honest with you and say, uh, I've never ever used it and thought, um, you know, this is not fast enough. I've mm-hmm. wondered where the remote is a lot. And yeah. uh, I've, uh, uh, but I don't play games on it. You know, um, it, it's just, it's very much a like turn on Netflix slash Showtime slash Apple television device. So um, it, it's just not that sexy a product, but I'll still buy it. Does, does that kind of make sense? Yeah, yeah, that no, that definitely makes sense. And I, I guess, do you, do you, okay, yeah, actually, do you see yourself, you, you're not going to upgrade all of your devices. You said you're just going to no. kind of get one and rotate the yeah. old ones out through room, room to room. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Uh, wh- which, which room is going to be privileged with the new Apple TV 4K? Uh, the den where we, where okay. we watch most of our stuff. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's tricky i guess i mean if i honestly cared about 4k viewing and hdr and things like that a i would probably be okay springing more for the ethernet because that's kind of i i imagine that person already has kind of the best of all devices that being said would i be buying an apple tv i don't know there's a lot of other devices out there and it I don't know. I guess within my very limited circle, say at work, I think a lot of the people that I work with that really, really care about streaming and high quality and HDR, they also have the latest consoles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I think would primarily stream off of those rather than just a little box. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't really think about, um, the, the image quality so much. That's yeah. not the major thing to me. It, it's stuff like uh, when trying to type a YouTube phrase into uh, into the TV in the den to show Frank like a, a video that went viral. It's like, how easy is that to connect to my phone so the, the keyboard works? Mm. It's it's uh, how buggy it is, how often I have to reset it, right? Um, That's a good point. My, 
mine is just old enough at this point because I think the one in the den is like six years old at this point. This just it's it's a good idea to retire it right and move on. Yeah. So, yeah. um, uh, it's it's I gotta say though for for people like Frank who is you know he's not like us he's technology just he has a hard time with it. Um, he really really loves the the like hold the remote and speak into it. Like oh. he, he adores that. And I don't think he's alone. And I think for normal people, that's probably a very um, compelling feature. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Well, these are the details about the new Apple TV 4K. Uh, Brianna will be ordering that one and deserves it and is so good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. episode of Rocket is brought to you by Coda.io. How many times a day do you have to switch tools. I'm not talking about in your carpentry shop or your auto body store. I'm talking about on your computer. We are always jumping around between apps. Even with this podcast that I'm recording right now, I'm jumping around between apps and I'm doing it constantly all day long. It is not so wild to think that everyone should be able to collaborate in a single tool. And that's why so many people love Coda. If your best work is spread out across documents and spreadsheets and a stack of workflow tools that you have to jump in and out of all the ding-dang day long, you need Coda, the doc that brings words, data, and teams together. Coda is endlessly customizable and connected. There are copyable templates for anything and everything. Say your product roadmap, remote onboarding, OKR tracking, meeting notes, you name it, Coda has it. Coda adapts to growing teams and changing strategies. It can help change how you view information depending on what you need to do with it. And perhaps most importantly, Coda seamlessly integrates with the tools that you need. Everything in Coda is synced. Make an update in a table. Guess what? It automatically shows up everywhere. No more relying on copy and paste <laughs> to keep linchpin projects up to date. Your team can operate on the same information and collaborate the way that we all want to, which is quickly and efficiently and without confusion. It's so important uh, as a person who like is constantly sending various documents to people and then trying to store places you know store the information about what documents people need like it there, there's just so much going on uh in my job and i think a lot of us especially in the work from home environment are constantly hopping around and trying to keep things organized so any way to improve that in my book is good your team deserves a tool that adapts to them not the other way around Try Coda. And right now you can get started having your team all working together on the same page for free. Head over to coda.io slash rocket. That is coda.io to get started for free. Coda.io slash rocket. Our thanks to Coda for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Banana. Scary music. Insert scary music here. Oh, audience, are you hearing it? Yes. It's playing in my mind. Oh, Sorry, yeah, that's the that? best I could that's the best I could come up with. Kinda just sounded like distant farts. <laughs> In a live I'm sorry, stream. Simone. I don't have my keyboard in my office. I would be you playing tried your scary. best. I appreciate I'm the effort. I'll haul my keyboard in here and I will play scary music.
Yeah, it's more than you did, listeners. I didn't hear a sound from you. <laughs> Disgusting. In a live stream today, which was leaked beforehand, unfortunately, Konami announced its plans for the future of the Silent Hill franchise, a beloved franchise that uh, many will remember in 2011 was going to receive an update from Hideo Kojima, uh, tentatively, well, temporarily called PT, playable teaser that everyone was so excited for. It was going to be called Silent Hills. Konami killed that. But now Konami is coming back and saying, hey, the franchise isn't dead. Here are several new games and a film. Uh, I've got a lot of these to kind of talk through. Should I just summarize what they announced up top and then kind of go back and... Yeah, then we'll we'll go through them. So just give everybody the rundown and then uh, we'll we'll give people a little, just in case you're not a Silent Hill fan, give you a little bit of context about why this is important to a lot of people and then kind of talk about uh, each one. Perfect. All right. So we are getting a remake of Silent Hill 2 from Bloober, the studio that has made a couple excellent horror games, including Layers of Fear. We are getting a new Silent Hill 2 movie. We are getting new Silent Hill games. Uh, Not similar to like the previous main series games. There's one called Silent Hill Ascension that uh, looks like a multiplayer visual novel-esque thing, uh, as well as Silent Hill Townfall. Uh, which, question mark, we didn't see, I don't have a lot of details about. And then another game that we have even less details about, Silent Hill F. Uh, I don't know even if that's a working title or a formal title, but it is very interesting. So let's, what's that? Three new games, uh, plus a remake of Silent Hill 2, which is beloved, and a new movie. Okay, who? Brianna, can you give us a rundown on like what is the deal with the Silent Hill franchise and why do you personally and people as well love it? Okay, so uh, Silent Hill really has a very, very interesting uh, legacy behind it. It came out just a little bit after the original Resident Evil. And uh, the people that made it were like all these misfits at Konami. Like they were they were really they were good game developers, but they just didn't fit into any teams around the office. And like all these kind of weird people all came together and said, well, we want to like make a game that is horror like Resident Evil, but is really, really creepy and scary like Stephen King's The Fog, right? Um, So colloquially, they came to be known as Team Silent. And in the space of just a few years, they created Silent Hill 1 and then Silent Hill 2. It's not an exaggeration to say Silent Hill 2 is probably the most beloved horror video game of all time. Um, It's got a really fantastic story. It's dark. It's twisted. The art direction is uh, just fantastic. And it really speaks to how much people love this game because they are skipping Silent Hill 1 and just straight remaking Silent Hill 2. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the story of Harry Mason, uh, his... uh, basically is trying to go find his wife who died uh is going back to silent hill uh so uh really fantastic story okay yeah so it is pretty i mean it's sort of following in the steps of like capcom's resident evil remakes which have been coming out for the past few years like these are 
classic games, different with Resident Evil, because that's kind of a series that began as a horror franchise and then turned into a uh, suspense action franchise, I would say. But those games have been steadily being remade uh, with new graphics um, to, like, I think mostly mostly success, like mostly positive responses because people like seeing their favorite games uh, with like the latest polish on them. I, mm-hmm. As a player lover of Final Fantasy VII, I can't deny that. Um, so I and I I pretty much I I'm quite I've heard a lot of good things about Bloober, the studio that is remaking Silent Hill Two. Really? So that's because they're kind of a pariah with some people, which I've really? always felt is unfair. Yeah. Tell me about that, because I've only, I mean... I, I can't, I mean, I can't argue the other side, because it seems stupid to me. Uh, these are the people that made uh, The Medium, uh, which is on Xbox Live Game Pass. It's excellent. Mm-hmm. You should go play it. Uh, um, also, I just want to say for listeners, sorry I misspoke. This isn't Harry Mason. That's Silent Hill 1. This is uh, James and his wife uh, that died as Mary this time. <laughs> Don't write me letters. I know what the plot James Silent and Hill Harry did. are basically, the, they're interchangeable yes. names, but go yes. on. <laughs> okay. Okay. Apologies. Um, I I think they're a fantastic development team for this. As we get deeper into the other projects they have, uh, I'm going to have some questions, but uh, I think Bloober, I'm psyched to see them taking this on. Yeah. Um, and what do you think about the movie project that's coming alongside this? It's been a long time, I think, yeah. since the previous Silent Hill movie came out. I have not seen it, I should say, off the top, but... I again, it's another one of those things that I've heard mixed things about. Like so, it uh, like every horror movie, it has terrible reviews. But I have heard from some people who are into horror who are like, actually, it's kind of good. I don't like, I don't hate it. Um, which well, there were is two of notable. Them. There were two of them. There was yeah. the 2006 one, Silent Hill. It's good. It's not the best horror movie of all time. It's faithful to its source. Um, I enjoyed it. Uh, and I hope that's more the vein that we're going to see. The second one, Silent Hill Revelation, cheap cash in, not good. Yeah. Can't recommend it. Um, I'm always up for more horror movies. Uh, you know, uh, it's my favorite genre by far. So I will definitely be there on opening night. But, uh, you know, frankly, Capcom, um, uh, we should give listeners just a little bit of background on this. So Capcom had a huge falling out about the time that uh, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five came out. Uh, so uh, Hideo Kojima was going to work with, uh, what's or, his do name? Do you mean the... Konami? Or... Konami, Konami. Yes, yes. sorry. Uh, they, he was going to work with, uh, what is his name? Uh, Guillermo del, del-, del- Toro. Well, oh yeah, Guillermo del, Guillermo del, Toro, del yeah. Tormo to do Silent Hills, right? Um, and a lot of different things happened, and the entire project um, fell apart. And Konami basically became a zombie company. Uh, they've not been releasing games for a long time. They've been focusing on mobile and pachinko machines. Not an exaggeration. That's what Konami's been doing. <laughs> and it's really exciting to see them coming back into the the game industry space and uh, developing these franchises that people love. Uh, Konami is the the team that did uh, Metal Gear, and they've done Silent Hill. These are two of the most beloved franchises in all of gaming. So to just 
that's a little bit of background about why today we're so excited to see them announce all these things at once. Um, so yeah, uh, a film is good, but we don't need Konami coming back to life to get a new Silent Hill film. Like that's just yeah. a, a bonus on top. <laughs> Very true. Well, let's move on to the new games then. Uh, so starting with Silent Hill Ascension, which is the one that we got the most details about. And it's kind of a weird format for silent hill like the 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 original games were they were like third person just kind of walking around and being scared by stuff right brie uh it's survival horror you have uh weapons that break easily limited ammo you're just trying to survive yeah so this uh is a game that uh, as rebecca valentine points out in her ign piece on this uh was apparently inspired by watching streamers play silent hill games they're like they were looking at the way that people watch streamers play horror games and the audience and the streamer are kind of experiencing this feeling of fear together. So they are creating something which it's the metaverse. <laughs> it's a real time <laughs> multiplayer interactive series that apparently has a quote unquote, no reset button uh, could quote unquote shape the silent Hill canon forever and like where characters can permanently die, essentially, I have zero clue how it'll work, but it's so, so, so different from, I think, anything else in the Silent Hill series and probably what people were expecting from Konami, or it's not coming from Konami, like Behavior Interactive, who makes Dead by Daylight, uh, is one of the studios working on it. Um, so it, it, in, it, in that sense, it is more similar to you know, Dead by Daylight, but even that is a pretty traditional, you know, third person or first person spooky game where you're you're killing other people or running away from other people. So this is something totally different from even that. Uh, and I, I kind of I'm having I, I'm not I'm not pessimistic about it. I'm kind of like, wow, that's weird and interesting. I don't know if it'll be good, but how how fun to have something that's so, so deeply different and unexpected. What do you think about it, Brie? Uh, have you played the uh, Until Dawn games or uh, love, uh, love? Yeah, Until Dawn. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Until Dawn is amazing. Uh, have you played the Quarry or uh, any of the, I, uh, the, the Dark Pictures trilogy? I played the first game of the Dark Pictures trilogy, the one that's on the boat. Yeah, uh, I didn't finish the second or third ones. It wasn't very good, uh, neither of them, in my opinion. Uh, uh, the quarry is excellent, uh, but these are there. It's actually very similar to Revolution sixty, the game I developed, uh, where yeah. it's uh, QTEs. It's very story driven animation. You're basically going along a story and trying to. Uh, you know, maneuver how the story goes by making choices and having characters survive till the end. Uh, I love these games, their narrative, but just to be honest, uh, Supermassive is the only people making that type of game today. Um, so I'm really excited to see Silent Hill, uh, like a different studio, take uh, do a take on that. Because as much as I love uh, you know, the Dark Pictures games, uh, The Quarry was more of that with higher production values. So yeah, uh, yeah, I just want I, I just want a different take on the gameplay, if that makes sense. So I'm I'm excited for this. Yeah, like I imagine it's not what, you know, somebody who's been waiting for like a new Silent Hill game for however many years was expecting or maybe like hoping for. But I mean, Konami's a very different studio than it was when Silent Hills was announced. 
and it's, it's a very, or publisher, I should say, I guess, again, because Behavior Interactive is working on this one. So I, I, I would understand maybe people being like, ah, this isn't what I wanted. But hey, it's it, it's more Silent Hill. And it's like you said, I love this format as well. Um, so for me, I'm like, oh, cool. <laughs> um, okay, the other two, we know functionally nothing about, except... We have developers for the other one, which is, or the second one, which is Silent Hill Townfall. So yes. that's being developed by No Code Studio and Annapurna Interactive. And Annapurna, another like very narrative focused studio who has made some of my favorite games of all time, uh, such as What Remains of Edith Finch. Um, they're, yeah. they're, they're putting out straight bangers and they have been for years but with both films um films from annapurna and then games from annapurna interactive so i don't i have no freaking idea what silent hill townfall is they basically said nothing about it but but the trailer is really good did you see the trailer uh i have not watched the trailers (laughs) so it's it's a minute and look it's it's only a shot of a radio and someone talking on like an old school, like do you, you probably aren't old enough to remember this, but they used to have uh, radios with like a television built into it, oh, and, cool. like a little tiny CRT, and you could like dial to the station you wanted to see. It's just that uh, with a map on a table and an extremely, extremely talented voice actor giving you a creepy narration. And it is so effective and it drew me in. And it's the the shot ends with this uh this it looks like blood running up the screen in reverse, but you're actually looking down at waves on an ocean going out mm-hmm. to shore. Um, it is so creepy and so effective. Uh, I'm really pumped for this. Uh, I do want to say Annapurna has had some uh, troubling uh, workplace uh, things that mm. have come to, to light that have uh, personally dampened some of my enthusiasm for playing their work, uh, but I'm willing to give them a fair shot, and I'm definitely going to play this game. Do you have any theories about what kind of game this is going to be? None. <laughs> None whatsoever. Do you? What about I don't know. You? Can, we, can we take the map idea and like extrapolate into like, is, is it going to be a city builder? Or is it going to be like an isometric, I guess, like a resource management uh, game? <laughs> I think it's going to be a walking simulator, to be honest. Uh, what was the game? Uh, was it Firewatch? Do you remember the one where you were in the, the tower and there was yeah, a story Firewatch. about it? Yeah, that's that's very much the vibes I got from that. So, um, I mean, I think just small, narratively focused. I'm I'm game for that. I think it's going to be a city builder where your uh, city you have to like keep your citizens happy, but there's like freaking pyramid heads uh, roaming around and deadly fog and all kinds of uh, disasters that you have to contend with. Uh, I would 100% play Haunted SimCity. That sounds amazing (laughs) to me. Haunted SimCity. That's what it is. Uh, Okay. And finally, Silent Hill F. Another game that we know basically nothing about um, from what I read. The trailer was horrifying can you confirm yeah there are a lot of really disturbing imagery uh not really set in silent hill it looks like it's set Mm. in japan uh lots of like hr geeker like red virus stuff growing on things that appear to be white uh incredibly disturbing uh but also very beautiful 
So I guess based on this event, I'm curious how you feel like as a fan of Silent Hill, like do do you think that with this new update, Konami is being a good steward for the franchise? Do you, can you say that now comfortably or do you want to wait and see? I, I want to wait and see. I do just want to say about uh, Silent Hill F uh, before we move on. Yeah. This is being developed by the same team that did uh, Resident Evil Resistance, uh, which was the multiplayer mode for Resident Evil 3 Remake, which was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. <clears throat> I am like the world's biggest fan of Resident Evil 3, and I can't even play that mode. The The controls were janky. It wasn't balanced right. You were always left waiting forever for uh, matches. And I just got to say, the other multiplayer, the, this studio isn't responsible for it, but uh, Resident Evil Reverse uh, is so terrible that it was bundled for free with Resident Evil Village, and it comes out on the 28th a year later, which no. is not really um, like a plus. Uh, it's the exact same kind of like multiplayer gameplay thing. Like you're all clones of the original Resident Evil cast going around trying to kill each other uh, like mercenaries mode. So uh, not a great pedigree to get me excited about the game. Um, that said, um, you know, it's it was such a beautiful trailer that I'm, I'm certainly game for it. Uh, yeah. What do, what do you think? I was just going to say, yeah, it's it's unfortunate because I guess I, I would have maybe assumed from the like very like this was basically a cinematic that that would kind of point in the direction of a single player narrative game. Um, but based on what you just told me about the studio, maybe that's not the case. Uh, and in that I, 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 I'm, I guess not comfortable making any theories about it right now. But it's it's an interesting assortment of studios that Konami has chosen to work with. Um, some more, I guess, uh, renowned than others. Um, and at least two, Behavior and this one that you just mentioned, that are known for making multiplayer games. So, oh god, I hope that they haven't like looked at... Fortnite and Overwatch oh, no. and all those games and gone. All right, baby, this is the future of Silent Hill. I mean, you know, I, it's worth saying, like, uh, Konami has really dismantled their ability to develop games, at, yeah. it, like, in-house, which is why they're outsourcing all of this. So, um, you know, wait and see. I think probably the reason we didn't see a lot of this beyond like a, a story teaser is they're just not that far in development yeah. and they could be canceled at any time. Um, so well, there you um, go. I, I'm excited about it, but you know, it's also worth saying there is a, you know, we talked at the beginning about the, uh, the three games that Capcom did that were very, very famous. And, you know, after that, there was a Konami. long, long, I'm so sorry. It's Konami. okay. It's because I mentioned so freaking sim- Capcom and Resident Evil. Like I it's ruined so, this for you. Yeah. Well, it's, it, they're linked in my mind. Cause it's like, this is the golden age of horror and I'm, I'm just misspeaking. Uh, but what I was going to say is, um, you know, it's worth saying that Konami put out a string of terrible games after that. Uh, Silent Hill Homecoming, terrible. You know, uh, uh, you know, like it's just it was like years of horrible Silent Hill games. And how did they do that? They didn't develop it in house. They just shunted it over to another studio to develop. So yeah, um, the last time they tried this formula, it didn't end up well. 
So uh, that makes me nervous. Fair enough. I think you're right to be nervous, but I, I'm I'm curious about some of them. I I would say that I'm I'm optimistic about uh, ascendance, ascendant, ascendance, um, and curious about townfall, and just a still big question mark about uh, F because we know nothing about it. Okay, shall we move on to our dessert for the day? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, listeners. I hope that you've been following somewhat the saga of Jason Sudeikis, Olivia Wilde, and Harry Styles, because it is a lot to explain. Brief TLDR, um, celebrity followers slash film aficionados might know that Olivia Wilde uh, uh, and Jason Sudeikis were wed, wedded, um, and in a relationship for a long time with children. Uh, She quite prominently uh, left her husband to date Harry Styles, uh, former One Direction singer, pre-breakup current solo singer, uh, wannabe actor, who also happened to be starring in uh, her latest films. She had previously directed Booksmart. That was her directorial debut. Teen, uh, raunchy teen comedy. Very good, very fun. Has then moved on to Don't Worry Darling, uh, which is a sort of um, period thriller i i just saw it last week actually which is why this um, is very timely did you like it did you like it um it certainly provided a lot of fodder for conversation in our friend group i will say that yeah uh there's so much about i guess the conversation around that movie that i wish were just different and i also wish the movie were different because it has uh, i will paraphrase what my friend giovanni colantonio who writes for digital trends uh said because he had seen it before and then came to see it again with us because he needed someone to talk to about it (laughs) and he said it hits the like third act wall harder than any movie he's seen before and that is 1000 percent true because there's a moment in this movie yeah it just like you're like what where the mystery is revealed and you're just like okay okay yeah you're like this is not as but okay that's digressing um but but the whole the whole like the shots and the acting and the the style of it really well done in that first third i it's very beautifully like envisioned um yeah yeah, and and styled and in well certainly again like i said we talked about it for hours (laughs) (laughs) we had a lot i was literally i was on an alamo draft house i was literally taking notes um okay so olivia wilde has left her husband uh for a younger man uh, setting aside for now, it may come up later in our conversation, the question of uh, having an affair with an actor who is working for you, which obviously male directors have done for centuries, but does it mean that everyone should be doing it? Any Maybe uh, it's, a, uh, it's a feeling. Anyway, setting that aside, she and Harry Styles have been together like for, for a few years at this point. It's been a while. Um, and now they're... Uh, the former nanny of Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde has come forward to the Daily Mail. I guess I should just put a big allegedly up here. It's the friggin' Daily Mail who has given us these details uh, with horrible stories of working for the couple at this time, um, taking care of Jason and Olivia's children while this divorce is happening. Uh, Nightmarish. The anecdote 
that seized the imagination of the internet was one in which uh, Jason Sudeikis and Olivia Wilde got in a terrible fight because she was preparing to leave the house and was making her famous salad dressing. She was making salad for Harry Styles to bring to Harry <laughs> Styles. Um, and in the like less funny but certainly surreal part of it, Jason Sudeikis allegedly got was furious that Olivia Wilde was making her salad dressing for Harry Styles and went outside and like lay uh, behind her car or in front of her car so that she couldn't leave the house with the salad for her boyfriend. Um and naturally, everyone seized on this and said, wow, that's messed up. Like, we know you from frickin', you're frickin' Ted Lasso. This is kind of upsetting. But also, how good is that salad dressing? <laughs> like, girl, what are you putting in the salad dressing that your husband is like, you, how dare you pre- prepare a salad for <laughs> Harry Styles in our marital home? Uh, which, honestly, I understand. Like, if I walked in on my partner making a, a handmade salad dressing for their, their new bow... I would probably be pretty upset too. But this was the question on everyone's minds. Like, girl, what is the salad dressing? And yesterday, Olivia Wilde, in the middle of the night, I should say, casting the journalism, the celebrity journalism world into an uproar because you know a thousand journalists had to prepare a salad dressing so that they could write about (laughs) it the next day. She posted on her Instagram a screenshot of the novel Burnout by Nora Ephron, containing the following quote. I taught Mark to make the vinaigrette. Mix two tablespoons Grey Poupon mustard with two tablespoons good red wine vinegar. Then, whisking constantly with a fork, slowly add six tablespoons olive oil until the vinaigrette is thick and creamy. This makes a very strong vinaigrette that's perfect for salad greens like arugula and watercress and endive. So... There you have it. Uh, and as as of recording uh, now on Wednesday, of course, yes, a million articles have been posted of people trying the salad dressing, discussing the salad dressing, um, consuming the salad dressing, consuming the novel Burnout by Nora Ephron, which is an, or I shouldn't say novel, it's an autobiography. I'm using the word novel to mean book, which is incorrect. Um, for what is ultimately, I should say, a pretty basic vinaigrette uh and i was in i'm not i'm I'm actually proud to say i was in group chats where people were predicting you know what it's just going to be a basic vinaigrette it's nothing special and i am here to say i agree this is just a basic vinaigrette uh it's not all that different from my grandmother's vinaigrette recipe uh right down to the dijon mustard and wasn't there something there about some bouillabaisse though i mean to be fair or am i misremembering that no you are misremembering we've got red wine vinegar mustard and olive oil and my grandmother's salad dressing recipe is mustard olive oil and balsamic vinaigrette and uh, lemon juice as well so i don't know we we are not sure i personally if i cover this it will be to write a Oh, to, to to figure out which salad dressing is more divorced, because my <sighs> grandmother also famously divorced. Um, and I suspect that hers might be more divorced and better. But I'm curious to try this new salad dressing. What do you think, Brie? Oh, I think that's uh, the investigative journalism that uh, we all appreciate you for. Um, I, I think I legitimately, I I expect like, 
I expect that when a man and a woman are having a, a, a showdown and it spills over into social media, I, 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 I expect the woman to get the worst of it because that's the world we live in. That said, I am just so befuddled why so many people are rooting against Olivia Wilde. I mean, you know, I first got to know her in like Tron Legacy, where she was Quora, where she's badass and awesome and gorgeous and a good actor. And then, you know, she went and did the same thing that, uh, you know, uh, like she's a woman that has created her own production company. Right. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the last movie that came out, it wasn't great, but it was, it was critically acclaimed. It made money. And then this movie comes out and it really just feels like everyone is rooting for her to fail. Um, I don't think Don't Worry Darling was a fantastic movie. Uh, I think it was essentially a Black Mirror episode. Um, but you're so uh, but, right about that. Yeah. Yeah, like it could have been a Black Mirror episode, but I thought it was well acted and I, I certainly enjoyed my two hours out of the house. Um, so I'm just like marriages break apart for a lot of reasons. And I'm just, I'm befuddled by how many people are, are angry with her. I mean, uh, I know I would rather be dating Harry Styles than Ted Lasso. But that's just me. <laughs> I guess, I mean, from from what we found out about the breakdown of the relationship, plus the her being served, like, on stage at CinemaCon, it's like, ooh, well, that's, that's not great. Uh, I don't know. My From what I have, uh, the conversations I've seen about it, it's less about how good Don't Worry Darling is and a lot about the way in which it's kind of been framed as this like big moment in feminist conversation. Whereas like, (laughs) exactly. And then like, she, she's definitely pushed that like in, in the profiles that have been done on her. And I remember in, I think in the Polygon review of it, um, our reviewer mentioned like, it's, it's actually just like notable and, and cool that a woman was given the budget to make a, just like your basic big budget sort of, uh, not, psychological thriller is not the right word for it, but like a a, a thriller. Yeah, I guess psychological yeah. thriller psychological is kind of the word thriller. for it. Yeah. Like, but it doesn't need to be more than that. And I feel like there's been a it's lot not. of like uh, the the marketing push around it has been about like, and it has been has made it out to be more than it is. And she's kind of talked it up to be more than it is. And that's I think where a lot of the backlash is coming from. Um. And I, so I'm kind of, I, I'm resting as always because I'm a Libra in the middle on this where I think it, the, the way that it's been talked about is stupid. I don't like uh, hate her like a lot of people do. Cause I just don't care. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't call myself a fan either. I don't get wrapped yeah. up in celebrities like that, but it just, it seems to me like I've seen a lot of really mediocre movies this year. Uh, you know, I saw, uh, uh, um, uh, what was the one with Idris Elba, uh, prey hunt, whatever it is, where it's being hunted by the lion, mediocre movie. Fine. I enjoyed it. Not the best, destined to be on Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and and we don't need a movie like that to speak for you know like all black people or you know all men mm-hmm. everywhere and represent that perf- perfectly. Like it's yeah. okay for someone to just have a mid budget movie with a solid cast that is interesting and well done, but isn't particularly memorable. I think that's that's fine, right? Yeah, I, I totally uh, agree, and especially I think considering the state of 
films right yeah. now, which yeah. is so IP driven. Yeah. Um, and this is an original film for better and for worse. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess it, it's non IPness has nothing to do with why it's bad. Yeah. Um, it's a mediocre movie, the kind of which we would have a million of, you know, 10 years ago and so much fewer of today. So in that it is notable just because we get we don't get as many of these anymore. And I think that's maybe another reason why uh, it has stood out so much to people, because what other original movies are you seeing in theaters yeah. right now? They're they're definitely, yeah. I think, more this year than there were the last couple of years. But it's still, you know, so IP driven right now in blockbusters. I just, I think there's something about Olivia Wilde. I don't understand where the public really wants to tear her down. It just seems out of proportion to any reality that I see. Maybe it's because people feel like like the actor that plays Ted Lasso is actually Ted Lasso, and they're they're rooting for a character on TV that they see. When I'm sure like he's a much more complicated person behind the scenes. But I I see someone that like isn't my favorite actress ever but is doing interesting things and i just i i flat out don't get it uh the salad dressing doesn't i'm, I'm reading it now bullia base was among the things she was bringing <laughs> so i regret the factual error on rocket uh but um, yeah that makes this super basic i agree with you <laughs> all right well brie what are you up to this week Oh my God, we got an election in just a few weeks. So uh, I'm doing that. We have a French film crew coming out tomorrow to uh, to shoot a whole thing on disinformation. I'm really excited about doing and uh, them heading over to uh, Washington, D.C. to do a bunch of uh, fundraising. So it's going to be a busy week. I am so psyched uh, for your, your French situation for so many <laughs> reasons. Um, let's see. This week, I have all kinds of Halloween plans, baby, but most importantly, <gasps> uh, work-related. Uh, we are streaming PUBG again at Polygon oh. at twitch.tv slash Polygon for one day only. And that day is, in fact, uh, the, uh, whatchamacallit? Yeah, the 20th of October at 3 p.m. Eastern time at twitch.tv slash Polygon. Griffin and Jessel McElroy are coming back to to join us, and we're just playing freaking PUBG like we used to do every, God, was it every Friday? Or every Wednesday, I don't remember. Uh, we're doing like custom game modes and stuff, and it is going to be is super duper fun. Um, so I hope that people will stop by and like hang right, out. With hold us. on, Simone. There we go. Follow. I have gotten ultra addicted to Twitch lately. Uh, it is. It is, you know, I, I just want to explain this to fellow people that are over 35 that may be listening to Rocket. So Twitch is Twitch is like a really interesting space. Like uh, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. Uh, like I watch much more YouTube than I do uh, like, like programmed television just because it's good at um, – it, it, like finding a subject and like giving you a lot of es esoteric information about it, no matter what your niche ho ho hobby is. Twitch is really, really interesting because you, you look for celebrities you may like, like Simone, and then it's like you're hanging out with them as friends and you, you type into the chat and it's really interactive with chat. It's, it's a really fun time and there's a lot of really good stuff there. So I will actually watch that. Calling me a celebrity is very kind. Thank you. You're, you're a minor game celebrity. You, you you are, and you should own that. <laughs> All right, Brianna, uh, where can we find you online? Uh, you can find me online at uh, at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter. And you can find me online at Doom Quasar on all social 
excuse me, <laughs> social media, uh, twitch.tv slash polygon as well. Boosties, you are about to hear an, a story oh, from Brianna about this Alex is Jones. Crazy. This which I can't crazy. wait to hear. Uh, uh, and the rest of you have a wonderful week. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We super duper appreciate that. Uh, everyone who's left a review so far and everyone else who just shares it with a friend and says, hey, listen to these fools talk about salad dressing for 10 whole minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, everyone, for listening. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Terminated.